Welcome to Voices for the New Age with your hosts, Juno Botan and Steve Sokolow. Each week, our show explores topics you've wanted to hear about with a focus on better health, wise leadership, and spiritual connections to help both your personal and professional life. Now, here is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. Welcome. You're listening to Voices for the New Age here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Juna Wotan, and with me here is my co-host, Dr. Steve Sokolow. Hi, Steve. Hi, Juna. Hi, everyone. And our guest today is Italian-born, world-renowned artist, Ramo Saracini, who is best known for inventing the walking piano that became a hallmark in the major motion picture, Big, starring Tom Hanks. However, the walking piano is just one of Ramo's many interactive creations that connects the imagination of childhood with the technology of the future. Ramo, also known as a high-tech renaissance man, has credentials that also includes worked on display in science and art museums, discovery centers, and children's hospitals throughout the world. <laughs> Ramo's cloud-light sculptures are in the collections of major museums and featured in the Whitney Museum's collection, High Styles, 100 Years of American Design. And currently, the clouds are updated for the 21st century. The musical cloud is a revolution in design, merging light and sound and sculpture in a single form. It's an honor and a privilege to welcome you, Ramo. Thank you, Juna. Thank you very much. And as a visionary, back in the 1970s, you were considered concerned with energy conservation. And you were awarded numerous U.S. patents and given an energy conservation award for your revolutionary concepts and lighting efficiency for the uses in homes and shopping centers. Can you tell us about that? Yes. At that time, you know, the same thing, nobody, nobody really cared about energy conservation, especially the architects, all the people at large. They, conservation was not in their mind because it was kind of, you know, rewiring the stuff, a new concept. Uh, anyway, you know, new new ideas, they always uh, enter with big, big negative influence. But when they start to see the number, they're conditioning 50% less because in the summer, in the U.S. at the time, we are using more energy in the summer than only in the winter because the heat of the lamps with my system, they used to save about 50%. And the life expectancy of the bulb multiplied by 100%. And um, so the number was there. And then, in, you know, the great saving imposed itself. And people start to accept it. The first one was uh, at the famous Calamandri showroom here at the Design Center in Philadelphia. And then the best telephone of Pennsylvania adopted my system. And I got the patent. And uh, we set up to create a revolutionary concept in energy conservation in lighting. The first one ever. I was awarded the patent and uh, awards and everything. This was very satisfying for me because since very young, I was always thinking that technology is the answer about, um, about, about all, the, all the shortcoming of our society. And in fact, just think if today we have no technology, where we will be. So, and that's, uh, all this... Uh, this concept was ceded to me in Italy when I was a very young child because I grew up during the war and during the war you have a lot of shortcoming and you have to invent things, you have to um, generate new ideas and uh, if you want to survive, you have to, if you want to make your toy, you have to, you have to make your toy yourself or you have to to do anything that you need, you have to make it with your own hands. So, 
This is the concept of, uh, and the root of my interactive technology is very, very early age. You are also uh, involved in archaeology. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yes. I witnessed in Italy that very rich of archaeological sites. I witnessed um, some men using the divine rod to find water. And um, because I was technologically aware of device that you can make the possibility to look in in the underground. I want to see how this thing happened. How come these people with a primitive stick they can practically see what is on the ground or yeah, feel or, it? Yeah, or find water. Yes. So that, mm -hmm. Yes, water or maybe artifacts. In this case, they were looking for archaeological artifacts. So, so they they call the tombaroli like uh, semi, you know, tiffery stuff. And um, I said this is supposed to be something, something fruitful because I see the result. Then I start to make devices, uh, work meter, very sensitive, that uh, pick up uh, pick up the resistance of the soil from a point A to point B and find out what was the resistance, and then you can plot a large size of ground, and then you see the anomaly. And then where the anomaly was, you start to excavate. Sometimes you find a big rock. <laughs> Sometimes you find maybe a tomb that is 10,000 years old. And how these people were able to find something like this? Uh, really intrigued me very much. And so I combined the two technological and uh, metaphysical, that not really physical, of, uh, of, the of the two concepts. You know, we call the magic and uh, the rational of mathematics and physics. And uh, and I achieved some very interesting uh, results. We did some exciting research in Etruria with Etruscans on the west side of Rome. And uh, we, we discovered a few very important uh, tombs. And one time I remember was one not far away from my own town, actually a couple miles from my house, almost everywhere. <laughs> I went crazy said, oh, this is an incredible thing. We find a Neolithic village of 10,000 years old. Mm. Amazing wow. thing. And so wow. it, it intrigued me extremely very much and led me to, toward the direction of, uh, of um, I call, um, you know, the fuzzy logic or, or something, uh, uh, ESP, but, uh, rational things between the union of the two things. And remember, Italy was full of uh, archaeological sites and rich old settlement. So the, the first material was there. And um, at some time I used to feel the feeling that I've been there before. <laughs> hmm. I'm sure you were. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so this led me to a lot of discoveries without, uh, without uh, the rational thinking of, oh, I'm not to do this. Some people said, oh, how you made the piano? This, no, the piano was a logic consequence of following, following uh, the that, uh, that, that they were not related to each other, you know. Uh, you want to know about the piano, how it came about, or no? Oh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, oh, well, for instance, the piano for the movie Big existed five years before the movie, and the piano 
originally was not a piano, was a daisy with eight petals, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, si, do, because I have also, I during the war, was no musical instrument. And so I, I, don't, I have no formal training of music. Uh, music foreign thing for me. I never saw an instrument, I never saw a guitar, you know, I never saw it. So practically, what do we do? Uh, I need a, I need a futon for my large studio, and um, the futon, like mattress, was white with vinyl. And then I said, "Oh, this is a kind of boring. Let's make it a, the graphic of a piano." And we draw with a big magic marker the piano. And then uh, my assistant Peter Palombo. I said, Peter, in fact, I have the photograph. Push, push the, push one of the key. Uh, and then, boom, came the idea. Oh, instead to do the musical Daisy, we can make the piano. Immediately, the second, you know, a couple of days, we have the first piano. And this was in the 80s. And, um, and then from then was become extremely revolutionary acceptable by everybody, enjoy. And the beauty is that children and adults, the old people, they all smile because when you go, you don't make only the big keyboards. You're making some sort of a platform where you can go and, um, and become like a space for you and the body creating the music when you move. So you become like a dancer, choreographer, and um, and an entertainer, and then somebody else can join you. It's this kind of social, interactive, joyful platform. And you know, as you can see from the movie Big, was uh, very successful because of this. It was very hard when I met the Tom. Uh, he told me it was a very difficult, very good scene to to learn. In Loggia, he had to do he had to do some sort of reversal. The lies originally they they required me to make a remote control, hoping that a musician would be playing, but it didn't work beautifully. Tom, Hanks, and and uh, the new music, they work hard, and uh, they made a masterpiece that become like one of the classic of Hollywood ever. Uh, but how did they find your piano? They find because uh, the piano was an F O Schwartz. Somebody from Schwartz Company. They find out that. I had a piano because it was of Philadelphia, Philadelphia Inquirer, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Bulletin, and uh, they find uh, that uh, this piano was uh, in my studio. They came and visit. And they it, it was in the window, right? It was in the window of Arturo Schwartz, right? Uh, yes, it was on a big display. They dedicated one room to my design. There was uh, the piano. It was the famous clouds and now the Whitney Museum. And I used to go over there every Saturday to meet the people, you know. And it was an immediate success. In 1983, um, the New York Daily News dedicated one nice page about the piano. You can see me recline when I was a young man on top of the piano. <laughs> and then Anne Spielberg and Gary Ross accidentally went to Schwartz that used to be in Fifth Avenue near Tiffany. And they saw the piano and uh, I think they got an inspiration to do the big, uh, you know, they would think to do something like, and they need a, 
this uh, this flat this piano to meet the two guys, Lodger and Hanks, Tom, to meet and become incredible successful because of the the night of the opening of the movie in New York, when the scene came out, everybody clapping their hand on uh, Art and Soul and, and then the chopstick. And since then, the history. That's but wonderful. Mainly because it is a celebration of human spirit through music, through performance, to join together, you know, like we, when we join together, the energy of the people amplifies magically, M magically with infinite power, and uh, sometimes with infinite evil too. But the joy of music made everybody smile. When oh, you smile, it is something that become like like a miraculous because it can be infectious a lot of people also smile along and uh, your pain can go away your joy amplify and everything else that's wonderful and our guest today is world-renowned artist engineer and lighting designer ramo saracini who's best known for his walking piano that was featured in the major motion picture big starring tom hanks we're going to take a short break don't go away. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What if you could feel better about yourself? Is it time to change your life's direction? Juno Wotan offers in-person or remote astrology readings and karmic healing sessions, classes, and workshops. These are all designed to give you a better sense of well-being and fulfillment. You'll benefit from the support and guidance to relieve stress, get unstuck, gain confidence, and more. Reach out to Juna through her website at Junaverse.com or via email to Junawotan at me.com. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Dr. Stephen Sokolow is the director of the Center for Empowered Leadership. CFEL offers executive and leadership coaching, as well as leadership training and development. Visit CFEL.org to find out more. Dr. Sokolow is available for seminars, workshops, retreats, and speaking engagements. You can also visit the website to purchase top-selling books, join networking opportunities, and a lot more. Contact Dr. Stephen Sokolow at slsokolow at aol.com or through the Center for Empowered Leadership website at cfel.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Voices for the New Age. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to junawotan at me.com. Now, back to Voices for the New Age. Here again is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. You're listening to Voices for the New Age. I'm Juna Wotan, and my co-host is Dr. Steve Sokolow. And our guest today is world-renowned artist, engineer, and lighting designer, Ramo Saracini. 
And before the break, we were uh, talking about um, your walking piano that was featured in the uh, film Big with Tom Hanks back in the 80s. And uh, how many pianos uh, are exist now all over the world? <laughs> no, there are a few. We have piano all over the world, actually. All over the world. From Russia, Africa, China, uh, Europe, all over. All over. It's very, very popular. People are finding us. Everybody enjoy. And... Uh, I mean, it's very successful, very gratifying, all over the world. And uh, you were number always... I don't know, but many, many numbers. <laughs> Not millions, but <laughs> plenty. Bringing a lot of joy. Uh, and so back in, the, in 1979, you said, we're going to find beautiful new solutions for radios, houses, cars, and everything. And we have. And so what do you see for the future now? What, what I see, I, I think the amplification of what I predicted at the time, the 79, um, I think we're going to lead more and more toward, uh, with the help of technology, to, toward the spirituality is the answer. We go to have, we have to have, and I think we're going to have. It is, it is another a spiritual renaissance of of, uh, of new new way to connect to from people to people, and, um, and no hoping with the certainty with. Uh, with certainty that will happen because this is a large consequence of an expansion of consciousness through technology to send messages, to send a video, remind and everything. Is the danger is the exploitation. But was always danger to publish books that were not not fit to be read. So I think with the technology at the velocity of light, amazing, we can really reach this higher level of consciousness on the planetary level. And we have to do, and we are doing right now. I think the society is totally changing at an incredible speed. And we can, we can see this every day happening. But... Uh- I, I feel as though that people have to connect more with nature uh, because uh, we ha- I have a house at the Jersey Shore and across the street, people just cut down two old, beautiful trees in their yard for no good reason. And now their air conditioning bill is going to go up because the trees provide sh- shade and cooling and as well as uh, habitats for um, you know, uh, other birds and creatures. So it, what has to be done, you know, uh, uh, to say that climate is, is important with this or being aware of nature, wouldn't you say? Yeah. In fact, to make a point of this, I remember my, in, in, in the 70s, I used to give lecture and I, I used to have a slides, uh, slides, uh, a show, a show in a little tree on Farman Park. How many years the tree grow up, grow up, and then the equivalent, the expressway. How many tree you need for a for one for five minutes of driving on the expressway, for instance? And to make a point, is education. Education is what I did. I attached sensor to trees. I made a musical plant. I, I don't know if you ever saw. I made an installation, permanent installation, at Bogota, Colombia, at the Museum of the Children. It's a big greenhouse, and also uh, for Mother Earth celebration, was the musical trees. The musical make trees. The trees make music. Yes, I make a point because education again. I attach sensor, sensitive sensor that 
fill the cadmium because if you cut a tree, the tree bleeds a little bit and uh, also is sensitive to temperature, sensitive to light, sensitive to vibration. It's sensitive also to the, the intention of the person if you want to harm the tree. So you attach all this sensor, go to a regular synthesizer, I interface the input to a regular synthesizer, and you have, the, you have some sort of primordial melody. And then the mm. children touching or approaching the branch of the tree, again, to give the message that the tree is a life entity, has to be respected, is symbiotic to us. Imagine life without the tree. <laughs> we'll be not here. So, and then, so education is the key. Education is the key. Life, the tree is a life entity beside the symbiotic things that give to us the oxygen and everything else. And this is a solution. And Go Steve, back to the yeah, part. So so you created a sensory system to pick up some level of either emotion or consciousness from the trees that could be expressed through the sensory devices that you created. Is that correct? Yes. In fact, there. If you can look maybe on on TV or the YouTube or someplace, they're still around. It's very old. There, thirty years ago, we have more actually. The first one we did here in Winwood, and. The tree was able to the tree was able to to sense the coming of a train because my my first uh, studio was in Winwood, very near the, the near the railroad track. The 10, 15 minutes before the tree, you say sensing the train coming, you know, coming and, and give and give it the possibility to see the the vibration and. Yes, the tree is sensitive to to the even the intention of the person beside the weather and the wind, the light, the temperature, and everything else. There are people who uh, talk to their plants uh, yes. in, a, in, a, in a loving way, and their experiments where others have been very angry. And they see a, an effect of emotion on uh, plants. Have you experienced that as well? Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. You, you can see you the, the, the ABC, I think, produced the, this show with um, Marianne, I think, Black, Marianne Black, 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 New Jeopardy. Yeah, New Jeopardy. I mean, yes, was was made was made a very nice program. Yes, yes. The three are sensitive to people' intention and, of course, to the environmental situation too. And to emphasize all this, I made I made the tree create some sort of sound because human has very limited possibility for extrasensory perception, because we really, we are not exercising it. The more you exercise, more you feel it. Exactly. It's like, uh, that's what the yogis say. It's like you're, you, you know, people go to the gym and to work out and you can't just work out once and expect your, you to be fit. You gotta do something to practice. To, uh, your sensitivity and tuning in and and meditation or stilling your mind. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And your interactive exhibits in children's museums and hospitals have revolutionized our experience of museums. Uh, why do you feel that change was important? But again, because you need my exhibition, they used to take your, uh, let's say, for instance, the weight of 
the GSR, the galvanic skin resistance, if you touch another person, something you, you trigger. Again, using technology not to separate people, but to put people together, close together, to interact almost like to force in a gentle way a dialogue. Because when you deny another person, you're denying the best part of yourself. You are not amplifying yourself. The people energy is the most beautiful, the primordial thing. I, I love you. You love me. We love the universe. It's very symbiotic and, and multiply. It is a natural thing. When you deny something, and people always criticize technology, that technology is separating us. Yeah, just imagine it's a bet without all communication. Of course, you can overdo, but you know, what do you want to do? You have to communicate. You have to share. I share my happiness. I share my sadness too. No, I don't want to talk to you. I don't care. No, you have to care. Talk to me. Maybe your pain will go down. Then I'm the greatest complainer. Also, I am the greatest sharing of my joy, you mm. know, from my food, because I cook well. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and from my food, all to my ideas. The joy de vivre is very important. La joya de vivere. Uh, it's the most beautiful thing. Um, the whole lead, again, where all the source of beautiful things start, inside your heart. Well, and Philadelphia's Love Park, and it's most famously the home of Robert Indiana's iconic love statue, which resided in the space almost continuously since 1976. What role did you play in having the sculpture take permanent residence there? Well, I think I play a very important role. <laughs> very important role. Because at that time, at the bicentennial, I did the biggest exhibition for, called Design for Fun at the Civic Center Museum. I was involved with the bicentennial. How the American used to have fun was an historic section that had nothing to do. and um, But I, I did all the futuristic things, uh, using laser beam, using an infrared camera, uh, very, 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 very interesting interactive technology. Uh, the Love Park was my idea to propose to the rich administration that it was not too friendly for the heart. <laughs> uh, but Robert Indiana was a very good friend of mine that I respected so much. You very gentle human beings, and uh, I propose to Al Gaudiosi, that was the city representative, the idea that the city of brotherly love could have this sculpture, love sculpture, for the bicentennial in loan for one year. I chose the spot. I made the base. I helped Bob to make the sculpture too. And uh, they granted me the permission to do. And it was a big success. After one year, they, you know, the gallery, the Nisreni gallery, what the sculpture be paid or returned. So I asked them to buy they said, no, we have no money. At that time, they, were, they asked $30,000. Uh, so what we did, we removed the sculpture of one afternoon. We parked nearby my studio here in Winwood. The day after, everybody complained. And, uh, and then history. The head toast, the guy is 76, called and said, how much? The gallery said $30,000. He paid for it. And, uh, and we made a more permanent base. And it's at the same spot. Bob 
Robert Indiana very happy, and uh, <laughs> and 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 very proud also because of the city of brotherly love, the history of the Quakers, and uh, the love sculpture is practically one of is is best and, work. And all of the tourists who love to take their selfies with it. You made yeah. a lot of people happy there. And Ramo, you've had a life of so much creativity and accomplishment. Your cloud light sculptures have been in the Whitney Museum. You've designed interactive environments for outdoor spaces and museums all over the world. What do you feel is your greatest achievement? Well, one, I think the energy conservation, really, I am a, I am a very proud because now it's widely accepted. Uh, actually, it's the law. You have to have, if you have something in the house, it has to be efficient. And the lighting, we moved to California. The company, the first time, what, the name was Novitas, Newness. And they passed the law that if you built any building, you have to have at least 30% of energy conservation. Because originally the company started in Philadelphia, was Novitas. Became like a conglomerate, but anyway. Uh, so the, I think the, the light achievement, very nice, and of course the piano by 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 acclamation, the people, the everybody identify me with the piano. But one of the most beautiful things I think that I am very proud is like to make the technology much more humanistically, especially against exploitation, against that, I don't want nothing to do with you, and uh, this is my life, I don't care of this and that. No, I think the environment is responsive to you, like, like for instance, the greetings, uh, uh, joy, change of the color of things, acknowledging that you exist among other humans and many other living things, including the trees and clouds and everything else. Uh, and also, uh, don't calling the machine magic things. Uh, my, no, all my machine, initially, before anybody else, I use the plexiglass. You can see through. You see the amplifier, how it works, the transistor works. And, is not like a, a, a not like a magic box. It is wanted, needed by us, responsive to us, and from us. It's like a, like a, some sort of magic mirror, but a see-through mirror. You start to see the, the soul of yourself, because mm. through technology, eventually, or me already, we can reach a level of spirituality higher right now in this moment. Yes, uh, and all we need is love. And, You're right. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ramo. Uh, thank our you. guest our guest today has been Ramo Saracini, world-renowned artist, engineer, and lighting designer. And you can contact him at his website at www.ramosaracini.com. And we're going to take a short break. And when we return, I'll have your astrology forecast for the upcoming week. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What if you could feel better about yourself? Is it time to change your life's direction? Juno Wotan offers in-person or remote astrology readings and karmic healing sessions, classes, and workshops. These are all designed to give you a better sense of well-being and fulfillment. You'll benefit from the support and guidance to relieve stress, get unstuck, gain confidence, and more. Reach out to Juna through her website at Junaverse.com or via email to Junawotan at me.com. Listen for Go to Health Radio. 
featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Dr. Stephen Sokolow is the director of the Center for Empowered Leadership. CFEL offers executive and leadership coaching, as well as leadership training and development. Visit CFEL.org to find out more. Dr. Sokolow is available for seminars, workshops, retreats, and speaking engagements. You can also visit the website to purchase top-selling books, join networking opportunities, and a lot more. Contact Dr. Stephen Sokolow at slsokolow at aol.com or through the Center for Empowered Leadership website at cfel.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Voices for the New Age. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to junowotan at me.com. Now, back to Voices for the New Age. Here again is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. Welcome back to Voices for the New Age. I'm Steve Sokolow here with my co-host, Juna Wotan. Juna, what's in the stars for us this week? Well, I want to talk about action planet Mars this week, for it will leave fair-minded Libra and visit Scorpio from October 30th to December 14th, 2021. And Mars is the energy planet that rules your will and stokes your passion to pursue your goals when it's channeled in a positive way. And when Mars changes signs, it impacts a different area of your chart. And so I'll go through each sign and tell you how it will impact you until December 14th. Aries, Mars will energize your eighth house of transformation. And if there's an area of your life that you're unhappy with, you'll strive to make some changes. The Scorpio energy will help you to dig deep, so you'll be able to get to the bottom of any problem. And the eighth house also rules joint resources, so it may rev up credit card spending, so it's best to know your limits. Taurus, your one-on-one encounters with others will come into focus, for Mars will activate your seventh house of partnerships. If you've made too many compromises so that your relationships are out of balance, this transit will bring suppressed grievances to the surface in order for you to clear the air and heal. Try to avoid unnecessary conflicts with others, so choose your battles wisely. Cancer. Oh, sorry. Gemini, when Mars visits your sixth house of work, you'll be able to be you'll be able to be very busy and productive on the job. Business will likely pick up the pace and you'll take on more projects. Being idle being too idle will lead to restlessness or anxiety, so it's best to stay focused on your commitments and responsibilities. If you're unemployed, this can be a favorable time to seek employment and improve your lifestyle. Cancer. Your inventiveness will skyrocket when Mars visits your fifth house of self-expression, making it an excellent time to start a creative project. You'll likely want to have more fun, so take some extra time to do things you enjoy. You may want to take up a hobby or spend more quality time with your children. If you're dating, this transit will rev up your popularity. And if you're already partnered, you can rekindle your passion. Leo, for the next six weeks, Mars will take up residence in your domestic sector, making it an excellent time to tend to home repairs or even a renovation. Or you may be trying to sell your house, buy property, or move. Family matters may need more of your attention, and you'll likely want to stay in your comfort zone and stick to the tried and true rather than explore something new. 
Virgo, the pace of life will pick up speed when Mars activates your busy third house of communication, and you'll likely need more mental stimulation, and you may enroll in a new course of study, join a book club, discover an exciting new podcast, or be more active on social media. You may plan a short-distance trip or get involved in a neighborhood project. Libra, money matters will take center center stage when Mars cruises through your second house of earned income. You'll strive for financial security, so you may take on a second job or pursue some type of money-making venture. You'll want to clean out your closet and take unwanted clothes to the consignment shop, have a yard sale, or sell your possessions online. You'll likely spend more money during this time as well. Scorpio, Mars transiting Scorpio is a special cycle that only happens once every two and a half years, so you'll want to take advantage of the boost in vitality it will bring. This will be an excellent time to start something new and strut your stuff. You'll be able to be very productive during this period, so stay focused on your goals. It would be wise to start an exercise program to work off excess energy. Sagittarius, when Mars visits your 12th house of privacy, you may feel the need to retreat and prefer to be alone. This transit supports working behind the scenes in solitude, and it's great for those working in a creative field. Take some extra time to tend to your spiritual needs. You may want to spend more time in nature, go on a spiritual retreat, or take a yoga class. Capricorn, your social calendar will fill up with opportunities to visit with friends and meet new people when Mars energizes your 11th house of hopes and dreams. This is a stellar time to deal with the public network and expand your circle of influence. You may be drawn to join an online group where you can mix and mingle with people from all over the world. Aquarius, when Mars charges through your 10th house of honor and achievement, it's time to make your mark in the world. You'll be driven to succeed and focus on your long-term goals. You can make great strides in your career, start a new business, or change your profession. It's wise to use this transit to accomplish a great deal, for you'll be rewarded with kudos for a job well done. And Pisces, you'll want to expand your horizons in some way when Mars visits your ninth house of personal growth. You may be drawn to travel, enroll in a new course of study that will enrich your life, or get involved with the media by starting a podcast or writing a blog. It's time for adventure, so explore and experiment. Being spontaneous and curious will bring you success. And that's it for uh, until December um, the mid December. And Steve now will give us some tips on how to use wise, empowering leadership. So, Steve, should leaders choose to serve others? Well, the old paradigm for leadership was basically rooted in command and control. The new emerging paradigm is service and support. We want to serve and support the people that we lead in our organizations. What we want, um, our, we all want our lives to have meaning. I believe a key to a meaningful life is our service to others. All life is interconnected. When we serve others, we serve life itself. And in, and in doing so, we actually serve a, a higher power. So should leaders see serving others as the key to personal happiness and fulfillment? Because we are part of the fabric of life, when you serve others, we also actually serve ourselves. One way to achieve happiness and fulfillment is through serving and helping others. It's almost impossible to help other people and not feel good about it. Sooner or later, Many people who have made a lot of money end up trying to figure out a way that they can serve others through foundations, charities, volunteer work. Um, so one way or another, people are, have end up focusing on serving others. Taking people to uh, outer space? <laughs> <laughs> right. In the long run. Uh, yeah. Uh, so should leaders see serving others as a key to leaving a spiritual legacy? Well, how do you want to be remembered when you pass on? Um, there are lots of programs and initiatives, but they change. What remains is what we've left in the hearts 
of people. How did you make them feel? One of my professors chose not to write a book. She said, I write my books in people. I am one of, the, one of those people who's part of her legacy. And should leaders be aware that serving children is one of the highest forms of service? We create our future by what we teach our children. We can have a wonderful and expansive future or hell on earth. Serving children is a sacred trust. As a former superintendent of schools, I used to tell our staff that we are stewards of the two things that people value most, their money and their kids. The the point is that uh, it, it takes a village to raise a child, and we are actually all part of that village. And that, that's the way that we impact on our future, by the way we treat our kids. And should leaders be aware that serving others serves the divine? Serving others is one way of serving the divine. However you envision uh, the divine or a higher power, If we believe that everyone has a spark of the divine in them, then by serving others, we're actually serving the divine. At our best, we kindle that spark in others and help it develop and grow mentally, physically, and spiritually. We often wonder, how do you know if you're doing the right thing? I suggest that if the focus is not on you, but if it's on serving others, you'll ultimately be doing the right thing. Well, yeah, yeah, because you won't be in your head uh, or in your ego. Your when your attention is outside of yourself, that's when you can fully be self-expressed instead of you know, am I doing this right? That kind of thing, right? Is that what you're trying to say? That's what I'm saying. That yeah. uh, we, there's a lot of confusion, and, and I use it as. If you're trying to figure out, should I do this or that, think about its effect not so much on you, but on other people, and you will invariably make the right choice. I thank you, Steve. And that was Dr. Steve Sokolow, author and the executive director of the Center for Empowered Leadership. He's available for lectures, media appearances, workshops, and coaching sessions. And you can contact him at www.cfel.org. And you've been listening to Voices for the New Age here on voiceamerica.com. Steve and I will be back next week with Ada Latoy, nature spirit photographer, interdimensional communicator, and author of We Are Not Alone, a complete guide to interdimensional cooperation with and nature spirits, how to talk with and photograph beings of other realms. Thanks for listening. I look forward to it. Thank you for tuning in this week to Voices for the New Age. Please join your hosts, Juno Botan and Steve Sokolow, next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can't wait to share more about your better self next week. <laughs>